0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Growth runners. Go. Churio lifts it towards center. Campbell comes on and it jumps down in front of him for a base hit. Rodriguez scores. Collins stops it third. It's the third hit of the day from Churio, his second RBI single, and the Shuckers lead it four to nothing.
2: How about that? The Biloxi Shuckers. And that on the call was Javik Blake. And he will be joining the Bart Winkler Show later today. Good morning, everybody. This is the Bart Winkler Podcast. And I am Bart Winkler. And the Shuckers, I'm starting with the Shuckers today, because they won. And Churio had three hits. And Wade Miley pitched. Good rehab start for him. Five innings, four hits, one walk, struck out five, got the win. So pretty good there. Churio was three for five with two RBI. He's batting 253 on the season. OBS above 700. Uh, OPS is what you might know it as. You guys should go look up the Mississippi Braves logo, by the way. You'll be pissed off. The Shuckers beat the Mississippi Braves. The Mississippi Braves logo is basically the Milwaukee Braves logo. Oof. I don't like seeing that. The Shuckers logo is a Shucker chilling in a B. So they got the win. So congrats to the Shuckers. And this is a Shuckers podcast now. Because the voice of the Shuckers is coming on, Javik Blake. He is 22 years old. He is the voice of the Shuckers uh, A team. Incredible. Meteoric rise already but he deserves it uh, as I've, as I, I w- as I will tell him, uh, I first met him when I took over a game for the final doc spiders in the Northwoods league. I called one game early in the season. He was still at college and could only, you know, he, there was a day. I think he had to graduate. I think that's what he missed. He, he, had to, he had to miss a game cause he was graduating college. So I got to do a game. It's somewhere buried on ESPN plus. I don't know. I don't know how good it was that day, um, but I did it. And so I listened to uh, Javik do it, and I was like, oh, my God, this kid is good. I got to follow this kid. And we've stayed in touch a little bit, and I wanted to have him on and talk some more broadcasting and just what it's like to call, not only at this level, being so young, but then also calling Jackson Churio, being around this guy every day. Jackson Churio, as long as the – projection or trajectory, or i don't want to get spark guy to yell at me for the wrong word as long as there's as long as his uh projectory goes the way that it should jackson churio is going to be a, a, an all-time great brewer or at least somebody who has the potential to be that and blake is here at the ground level doing that so coming up we'll talk to him uh that video also is on youtube so you can check out me and him talking on the Dan Shaney insurance stream. DanShaney.com for all your insurance needs, homework, auto. Many of you guys giving him a call at least and saving some big time money. I'll bring up again Q. Saving uh, more than 1400 bucks as he told us the other day over the next year. Talking shuckers to avoid talking brewers. And what a bad weekend it was for them. So did go live on Friday night for a little bit. After game four of the NBA finals, the main takeaway there is that the Nuggets are probably going to wrap up this thing. Monday night we will be live Monday night, YouTube live stream, Dan Shaney insurance stream. We will be live for that. Uh, you can join us. Uh, please hope you do on YouTube. That'll serve as Tuesday's show. But we talked about the Nuggets a little bit, just how good And, well, that team is crafted because when Jokic gets in foul trouble and if he doesn't score for a quarter and a half, it doesn't matter. The other guys are picking it up. And every single nugget has a stake to claim in this championship that is played. There's been a Christian Braun game. There's been an Aaron Gordon game. There's been a Jamal Murray game. Of course, Jokic is going to win the MVP. By the way, if you want to make yourself a quick $16 minus 600 is the line for Jokic to win the MVP. No, minus 6,000. So you have to put down ten thousand dollars and you can win hundred and sixty dollars. And if you put down a thousand dollars, you can win sixteen bucks. So if you've got a thousand dollars laying around and want fifteen more dollars, get out to Pato and put the odds down for Jokic minus six thousand to win the MVP. What would the odds have been for the Brewers to get swept by the Oakland A's? That is a great question. I don't know, but it happened, and Brewers fans are mad, and rightly so. I was on CBS Sports Radio during the conclusion of this game, and, you know, I I, I probably too much talk about that. I live in Milwaukee and reference Packers, Brewers, Bucks. I, I probably do that a little too much, but I thought, what the hell? Fuck it. Let's do it. So I was watching the end of the game because the the play was the angle that I took was how should I feel how would you feel if your team got swept by what is the worst team in baseball far and away they were 14 and 50 coming into the series they beat the brewers 5 to 2 on Friday extra inning Saturday 2 to 1 if you missed that great recap by Andrew Wagner he was thrilled to be back in the press box check that out then on Sunday They lose 8-6. to Mount a little bit of a rally, but then lose. The team cannot hit. They had good pitching performances before, uh, I don't think, and Sunday wasn't good with Freddie. But they've been getting good pitching performances. They just cannot hit. The A's have swept the team for the first time this season. They've now won five in a row. And on Friday night, when we were talking, I didn't think it was the world's biggest deal. Okay, you lose. I mean, you, you're you not going to sweep every team. And I know the A's suck, but you can't just assume you're going to sweep them. You can't just assume that. But we all think, I think we did assume they then win the next two or three. And I don't even know if that's fair. We always talk about how it's baseball, fluky sport, it's baseball. And then we just think we're going to st- steamroll this team. But that's how bad the A's are. That, yes, the answer was yes. We did think they were going to get steamrolled by us. And so they did not. They steamrolled us. And now we're left to wonder as the Brewers embark on a series against the Twins where they will have Craig Council. Even Council's like, I don't want to be around for this shit. He on purpose went to a graduation instead of managing on Sunday. Now, yes, it was his kids, and you probably need to be there, but ain't nobody's ever had fun at a graduation. Unless you're one of the families that for the first time you get a graduate, and it is, you know, every moment's big, and I'm not taking that away from anybody. And you get the big cheering sections. That's great. But I'm sure Craig's been to his share of graduations. And I'm sure he loves his son. And, you know, it's much better that he was there than not there. And I don't blame him for being. And I'm actually surprised managers don't get more time off. They got to do 162 of these days. They have their players play like 110. And we're like, Jesus, Christian Yellich going to hold up. But the manager has to sit through it every game. Like The manager should get a few more days off. Even, like, even teachers... Teachers get the summer off, but teachers still get personal days to use. They can still miss some time. Managers, managers should be able to get some time. Baseball's different than all these other sports. Here's the lineup, Pat. Here's the lineup, Murph. You know what to do. Otherwise, the best way to get a day off is a big league manager. You're telling me some of these guys don't get ejected so they can get the rest of the day off? You're telling me that don't happen? Or they at least can just, like, go back and relax and crack a beer early. Not have to do the post game stuff. Just get out of there. Yeah, hey, get ejected. You get ejected the sec- second inning, I'm back in Shorewood by the fourth. That's what I'd be doing if I was a manager. For sure, for sure, for sure. Hey, uh, so the Brewers suck, which we can talk more about that Monday night. And then a congratulations to Steve Stricker. Steve Stricker, yes. Wisconsin's very own Steve Stricker won the, uh, I want to get the official name of this uh, tournament right, the uh, annual Who Gives a Shit Fuck tournament. Look, with all due to AmFam who puts it on, it's not about them. It's about Steve. I'm I'm on my Twitter feed. I'm seeing hole-by-hole updates. It's like we're doing Tiger Tracker for Stricker. I never got it. Look, I've never interviewed the guy. I don't know him. I know that, like, hey, it's a PGA, it's a golfer. We get to interview him. Hey, let's 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 be friends with a golfer. I know that's cool for a lot of people in sports radio that they get to know somebody that that golfs like this. I just, I've never, I've never, I've never like rooted for. I'm like, I don't. It's not that I root against him. I don't even like. I don't even care about him that much to care if he does bad. I just don't care. And now the guy wins a tournament in his backyard, and I'm supposed to be happy about it. I tweet. There's nothing more I could care less about. I just need somebody, somebody tell me why I should care. And then someone said, maybe it's because it's okay for sports to make you feel happy. Well, I agree with that. But why should Steve Strick? Why does he have any bearing on my life? I I don't know. Look, your boy's got a lot of your boy. Your boy's got a lot of tools in his back pocket. You you know Bart's main hits, right? I've got, I'm doing the daily content and I've got, but I've got the main hits. I've got the, I've got the back pocket plays. Okay. Things slow down a little bit. Guess what you're going to hear about my time in television news or the time I was a call center operator, or did you know I once threw a rock through a little Caesars? Well, right in that Rolodex is why should I care about Steve Stricker? And so that's where we're at. So with that being said, I'm going to tell you someone you should care about. Javik Blake, Biloxi Shuckers, 22 years old. He's the main guy in the booth. He actually thought he was going to get the number two job, but then their number one took a different job. So they had to re interview, got the number one job. And he is the man that you hear whenever you hear a Cheerio highlight, whenever you hear anything. This guy who I'm going to talk to, this kid, he's 22. Twenty-two. This is the guy's voice you'll hear. And I don't know that he's going to be doing the shuckers forever. I think big things for this kid. He joins us next.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data
2: From a hotel room in, uh, where are you right
1: now? Uh, Flowood, Mississippi. Flowood? Yes. Next to Pearl, which is next to Jackson. Holy. All
2: right. Javik Blake is here. He is calling this year the Biloxi Shuckers. He's their uh, man on the broadcast. Last year, he was with the Fond du Lac Dock Spiders. And before that, uh, you were at Elon University. That's where you went to school, right?
1: Yeah, Elon University, the High Point Rockers in and Andy Ball, and the Wareham Gateman in the Cape Cod Baseball League. And you've done all this so far. What are you, like 22? 22, yeah. I Jeez. graduated college <laughs> uh, early in January to be able to like start working in baseball. And now now we're here, which is which is quite incredible. Man, yeah. So
2: calling the Shuckers. All right, a lot I want to talk to you about. And I first got to be familiar with your work last summer. Uh, Jim Mishadek who was your boss. He is a guy I've known since high school, a friend. And he said, hey, uh, our guy Javik can't do a game. Can you do a game? So, yes, I did a Doc Spiders game. I'm like, all right. Um, like, hey, what does is, what is their guy sound like? And I'm listening. I'm like, oh, boy, he's he's pretty good. I was pretty impressed. And I told Jim, I'm like, this kid you got's good. He's like, yeah, I don't like to tell him because he'll probably <laughs> leave me soon. And now you're with the Shuckers. But how did that how – did, how did you go from – uh elon how did you find the Doc spiders job like how did that happen and uh then i'll ask you i guess about fondle after that but how did you find the Doc spiders
1: so it was really i knew i wanted to go to the northwoods league because i was still in school so i wasn't able to go to minor league baseball yet because i did have to unfortunately be on campus from april or from the minor league baseball season of april to september like there were some times when i actually would need to be in the classroom um and i the year before i did the I did the baseball and school at the same time and it was six weeks and I was like doing homework at 1230 in the clubhouse. And that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but it was one of those things where I wanted I knew I wanted to, to go out and be a number one and, and have that opportunity to to do a full season where I'm running everything. Um, a lot like I am now, just at a, a smaller scale in um, in the Northwoods League. And honestly, the way I found Fond a Lac is I was going through like what teams a did home and road games and be like what their GMs did. And I got to the Doc Spiders, saw they did home and road games, read Jim's bio, and went, oh, there we go. That's the place I want to be. Because hey, the, the number one way to learn from someone, and to learn media relations alongside the broadcasting stuff, is someone who's done it at a big league level for 15 years and was the head of everything for the Baltimore Orioles and the head of everything uh, for the Atlanta Braves, seemed like a really, really good person to learn from. And that was very, very true.
2: Yeah, he was with the Brewers for a while, I think, intern there. Then he ran stuff with the Orioles. It was great to run into him at the ballpark when he'd be back and uh, now back doing the thing in Fond du Lac, and uh, he's, he's loving it. Uh, was able to bring you aboard. So I grew up in Fond du Lac. Like, that's my home town. What's it like to be there for a year? Like, I don't know if Fond du Lac is a visitor.
1: What's it like to be a visitor in Fond du Lac? It was a lot of fun. Um, the, the, the ballpark's great. The festival food and the, and the, uh, the quick trip were fantastic. Those are my favorite two places, uh, probably in Fond du Lac, outside of Hare Baker Field. <laughs> um, but no, it's a great place to be. The food was great. The beer was great. People were really nice. Um, so it was all, it was all really, really fun. It's a, uh, it's a great place to be, but there wasn't much off time. Cause Northwoods, you play 72 games in 76 days. And of the four off days, uh, or of the five, six, five off days, six off days, Three of them are the all-star break, and one of them is the top prospects game. So there's really only two off days the whole year. Um, so there's not much time to, like, get out and look around because when you're not at the ballpark, you're just sleeping. And when you're at the ballpark, you're at the ballpark. So, um, But, no, Foddy was great. The people are great. Jim was the man to work with. I mean, I learned so much from him. And the ability to do that day in, day out, and, you know, by myself, work a minor league baseball schedule while just being in college is incredible. It's, it's, the reason why I'm, I'm here in Biloxi. So it was, it was incredible. That field you uh, call those games at right by my middle school,
2: right by the Taco Bell. I used to go to probably seven times a week during hey, that's high a school. great Taco Bell. That's a really
1: good Taco Bell. <laughs> it,
2: it is. It is a good Taco Bell. Um, I used, I stolen a lot of like signs from that Taco Bell <laughs> when they would have promoted. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm an idiot. Um, you never went to Ledgeview Lanes, I assume, the bowling alley right there? I did. I think I went once. Oh
1: yeah. I think I did go once. I did go once.
2: A lot of nights at Ledgeview Lanes. I okay. did not
1: bowl well. It was a very bad bowling experience.
2: Oh yeah. Well you gotta put the bumpers up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The bumpers were not up, and it was it was a bad, it was a bad, was just bad.
2: Well that that that's all right.
1: So from Fond du Lac, and then um
2: then I see your tweet, you know, whenever you put out the announcement that you were going to Biloxi. And I thought, man, what a jump. But before that, I just think that like the Northwoods league, and I want to highlight this too. It's great for players. I mean, I lived in lacrosse for a while with the loggers and we would see the kind of guys that went through there. Um, God, who I can't even think of any, it was Chris sale, I think was there. Um, there was another good pitcher that was there. There's just so many guys that have been through the Northwoods league, but it's also like, for young aspiring broadcasters and for people that just want to work in baseball. Cause to do that one game, I don't know like how strict Jim would have been on it, but he's like, Hey, I think you might have to watch all these videos. So I watched all the, <laughs> I spent way too much time. I like, but it was, it's, it just goes to show like, this is a league for anybody who wants to work in baseball. So this is turning it into an advertisement unofficially for the Northwoods league. But I just want you to speak on that if you could.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the big thing is how things are run in Fond du Lac. I think that's that's a big part of, of how it is, because being owned by the Timber Rattlers and Rob Zerjav is the owner of both teams. He's the president of both teams and he's the GM uh, of the Timber Rattlers. Um, he's quite possibly one of the few owners in minor league baseball that will pull tarp, cut grass in the infield and flip burgers while still owning the team. Um, so being owned by the Timber Rattlers and having Jim as the GM and all the experience he's had, we were very much run exactly like a minor league baseball team, which, you know, going to Biloxi, it's pretty much the same thing as what it was in Fond du Lac. There's just more people, um, which is awesome. And, And that's a testament to what they do in Fond du Lac. You know, it's so great the way they run things and it helps prepare you for minor league baseball, by the way, yes, the schedule, yes, the games, yes, you're doing every game. Yes. You're doing media relations, but also your interactions with the players and, and how that works and everything and, and the player movement and everything is very much like minor league baseball to the point where coming into this year, especially because our average age of our team in Biloxi is 22 and a half years old on the hitting side of things, the youngest in double A. So going into that this year, um, having done everything last year in Fond du Lac, it was it was a pretty smooth transition. And that's a testament to everything that they do. Um, in Fond du Lac, and that trickles down from Wisconsin uh, in Appleton all the way down to Fond So, like, your normal day, because you're – I'm talking to you on a Friday. You, you've got a game tonight.
2: But mm-hmm. as they did in Fond du Lac, and, you know, you had those game notes for me, and I'm like, my – like, I think people might think, especially at the level you're at, minor league, baseball, you are not just show up at 6.20, announce leave. You are the whole, like, media department, are you not – Tell me, yeah. how like a normal day for you today.
1: So the road is a little different. It's a little more laid back. Um, and because of that, I'm able to get more of the other stuff done than during a home game where, you know, you're, you're go, go, go. So for a road game, um, you know, you wake up, get coffee, um, do the game notes. Um, I usually like to do the game notes first. Um, and that's kind of the comprehensive in-depth look at everything. It's like what guys have done recently, the, the big stats, the big highlights, that sort of thing um then you grab some lunch um i'll usually do um some of the website stuff that that i have to do um you know as part of my job i also uh am our our web designer so you know i'm designing our our corporate sponsorship pages our our ticketing our our that sort of stuff all on the website you know making sure everything looks good and and is easily accessible for fans um and then at that point it's it's time to hop on the bus do some social media stuff got to send out the interview from the night before that that i did for pregame. um Hop on the Bart Linkler show, um, and then and then hop yeah. on a bus, go to the ballpark um, around two. Get to the ballpark around you know two fifteen ish, um, and then just get set for a game. You know, fill up the book, um, do some social media stuff. You know, send down our lineup and everything. Uh, go down for BP. Um, get the pregame interview uh, for get my pregame interview for the day, and then um, you know finish getting ready. And by that time, it is about six twenty. So for six thirty five game, we start the pregame show at six twenty. Um, and from there, call the game while also cutting highlights and posting to social media at the same time. And then, yeah, game ends. Uh, do the post game show, finish that up, uh, send out our final score graphic and everything all over social media. Um, and then, yeah, write the recap, send that out, and go to home, go to bed, and do it all over again. At the home, at home, it's a little bit different because there's a lot, little bit more involved um, as far as meetings and stuff. Like we will have our daily game day meeting in the morning. Um, you know, there's a lot to worry about, like the lineups and, um, you know, sending that out to media members and everything and making sure everything's set on that side of things. Um, but it's it's very similar as far as what the day-to-day is. There's just a little more extra time to get stuff done on the road. So the stuff that I don't get done during a homestand, it's when I get it done.
2: The uh, Shuckers, of course, the Brewers AA affiliate, and there's a lot of – there's there's some recognizable names, I think, for people that are – You know, following the Brewers, uh, maybe you don't follow the day in, day out of all these minor leagues. I think Abner Uribe is a name that people know. Uh, Tyler Black is a name people know. Maybe Freddy Zamora, Tristan Lutz. Jackson Churio is there. So this is the guy that um, a lot of Brewer fans are very anxious to see at some point, maybe sooner rather than later. How do you not just talk to him every day for your pregame interview? Uh, I've got like here. Here's seven Jackson questions at once. How do you not talk to him every day? How great is it that you get to see him? How good is he actually in person? Do you try a little harder on every Churio call just in case you know it's going to be in a highlight bag? Well, okay, so that one, that
1: one's important. That one, you just cross your fingers and hope you don't screw up because you know it's going everywhere. <laughs> that, Abner Uribe, Carlos F. Rodriguez, who's the pitcher, who's one of two Carlos Rodriguez is on the team, Jefferson and Carol, those are the ones you really, really want to get right. Because you want them to sound really good because they're going to go everywhere. There, there's a running joke that every Jackson Churio highlight, he could step out of the dugout. We posted on Twitter, 100,000 people see it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, how could you not? He's an incredible person too, which adds to the fun. But yeah, th- that's one of those things where it's a homer and you may, you really want to make sure you get that call right. Is he as good as advertised? I mean, how far away do you think he might be? He's ridiculously good. He does everything good. And you forget that he's 19. Like I was talking with one of our pitchers yesterday and and our hitting coach, Chuck Caulfield has, has his kid with him um, for for the last couple weeks. And I think his kid's eight. We realized like three days ago that that's 11 years younger than Jackson. We were like, (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Yeah, like that like because it's it's a it's a kid. He's just finished up, I think, second grade or whatever it is. And, you know, it's like, yeah, this kid's like seven younger, like 11 years younger than Jackson. How is this possible? Um, But no, he is so much fun to watch. He is so good at everything. It, it makes you forget that he's 19, especially with how he carries himself. He's just such a good kid um, and has a good head on his shoulders. And that's important in the game of baseball. And especially for him, you know, there's ups and downs in double A. It's a big leap. And he's handled it really well. He's been terrific. The home run calls have been a lot of fun. And it's, it's been fun to watch him play. <laughs> yeah, you gotta.
2: I mean, that that not could not only is it gonna go places that day, but we could be digging back. I mean, your your voice could be attached to his highlights forever. That's a
1: big that's a big uh
2: it's a big task for you.
1: Yeah, happy year one in minor league baseball. You have the top prospect at all of baseball <laughs> with you, which is an incredible, incredible thing to start off the the minor league the minor league career is is that just Jackson Churio on your team Andy Efferson Caro who is just ridiculous as well
2: yeah it's great to get those I mean what a what a tremendous start for you the Double A stuff um, you know you're speaking on your day and your schedule how do you like how they do it down there so basically like here's the Shuckers month of uh, June you guys were at home for a week. Uh, and then you had off Monday. Now you're in – where would you say you were? Florosburg? Where are you? Flowood, Pearl, Jackson, the capital of Mississippi, plus the Little More area. Now you're there for a week, and they play a six-game series. Monday off, then you're in Montgomery for a week, a six-game series. Then you're home, and it's another these six-game series. You know, and you were coming from Fond du Lac, where it, it might have been like Green Bay tonight, Wausau the next day, Fond du Lac, and then back to – you know, Kalamazoo or wherever you guys go. It's like, do you like this? Is it better? Is it six game series? Do people like by game four, these players like get me out of here. I hate this team.
1: (laughs) I like it. I think it's, I think it's fun. Uh, The six game series are a good way to kind of see everybody. Um, And it makes it interesting come like game five and game six, when you get those like second appearances out of the bullpen or the Sunday game, when you're getting that second start from the starter, especially if they pitch well in game one, you're like, oh, this could be really, really fun. Um, but the sixth game series are fun. You know, it's it's a lot more laid back as far as, like, the day-to-day-wise in Double A compared to the Northwoods League. Because the Northwoods League, you have to account – you have to be in a bus for two and a half hours every single day to go to Wausau and back or go to Wisconsin Rapids and back or if not on the road. Like, the only overnights we stayed were Kalamazoo, Michigan, Battle Creek, Michigan, and Kokomo, Indiana. And outside of that, it was all commuters, so up and back. So the fact that a game ends, I can hop on the bus, just go back to the hotel – that helps a ton as far as just like being able to get some sleep. Um, so I think that's that's a really good thing about being in double A um, is that it is kind of though you get that Monday off day every single week. Those six game series, you can get comfortable in a place and kind of, you know, get entrenched in it and be able to really learn um, the opposing team. Um, and just not having those those bus trips every single day, I think, is is big because it, it it allows you to just get a little more rest, which is important when you're playing 138 games. When did you
2: um, I used to good answer, by the way, people I've been getting criticized for asking the next listeners are criticizing me for not acknowledging the answer. And like I am listening. OK, so
1: that is a that's a great answer. Thank you. You're
2: welcome, Bart. Just, I gotta.
1: Moving yeah, on. Happy. I, I understand that completely. Yeah.
2: Moving on. Um, so, when I was a kid, I used to do like fake radio shows in my room. Uh, and I had, you know, it was play, rec- you know, I'm old, play, record on the boombox. When did you know that this is something you wanted to do? Um, Did you want to play? Did, did that, like, when did you know that? You wanted to be where you're where you are and where you're getting.
1: Well, when I wanted to I always wanted to do broadcast. I thought it was going to be when I was little in post-playing career thing after I'd finished up being a long time <laughs> starting catcher, Hall of Famer for the New York Yankees. Yeah. That did not work out. I was about twelve years old when I realized, hmm, yeah, that might not be that might not be the case anymore in life. We might, we might need that might the broadcast career might come about. 25 years earlier than you had quite envisioned back when you were about six years old. Um, But I'd always wanted to go into broadcasting. I actually used to call in my head, wiffle ball games that I'd play against myself in my backyard when I was little. Wow! So so much the same, much the same as what you did in in your room with with your own radio show. It would be calling my own game as like just throwing up the ball and me hitting it in my backyard when I was, when I was little. I taped all those
2: shows. So I did them and I would do like, character voices and i would love to go back and hear them but i did them from like third age like 11 to 15 and then when i was 15 i'm like oh these are stupid i recorded over them and then when you're like 18 19 i'm like ah i wish i had those so another lesson to young people is you go through a weird teenage phase where you hate everything you've ever done don't 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 throw stuff away that's That's, uh,
1: i didn't record it that's the big thing i did So I did do – as I started, I started doing games when I was in middle school. I think I was 12 when I did my first game. It was a baseball game, and it has been wiped from the internet. It was – like going back to listen to it was hilarious. I don't know if there's that much remaining of the early stuff I did. I can tell you the first game I ever did of like four – because I started my own broadcasting network to call games when I was in, in high school and middle school, and the first game does not exist. Because I plug everything in, I go to call the game. Thirteen-year-old me didn't know that I had to unmute the microphones and call the entire game with it muted, and that was how that was how that that whole started. So that that broadcast definitely does not exist. But there are there are some others floating around YouTube of like me at fourteen calling games, and it is incredibly funny to look back at. And so eight years later, you're with the Shuckers. Who are you like?
2: I mean, who did you grow up listening to? Who's like somebody that you wanted to emulate? Who's like, because I listened to you and I'm like, I wanted to be like you. I mean, you were calling like, well, thank you. You are calling like pitches and I'm like, this guy, this guy's, man, who
1: did you like, who are you looking up to? Who's, who's got like, who's got the job that you're going to (laughs) steal? Well, growing up, growing up. So I grew up a diehard Yankees fan in the middle of Massachusetts, which is a bold Mm -hmm. move considering I was born in 2001 and I was three when 04 happened. And then the rest of my life, the Yankees won one World Series and all of my friends and classmates got to hold the other two Red Sox titles over my head for the first 18 years of my life before I moved to North Carolina. But the best part was, is that there was a a radio station. It was like a news talk station in Providence, Rhode Island, 790 a.m that carried the Yankees games, which I don't know how or why they carried the Yankees games, but they carried the WFAN feed. So growing up, I would always listen to John Sterling and Susan Waltman calling Yankees games every single night. Like, it got to a point where my parents, you know, when you're little, you can't read the bedtime story. And then I'd turn around, put on 790 on my radio, and fall asleep to that. And that that was really how I grew up. It was listening to the Yankees every single night. Man.
2: So you try to emulate Sterling or is there other people that you like take? No, I wouldn't
1: with? say I don't I don't I, I can't get into the whole having a scripted home run call or everything. I just kind of <laughs> go with whatever, whenever my mind wants to say for a home run, especially yeah. if it's one of those like the Jackson Cheerio walk offs homers. You just kind of go with whatever comes out of your mouth. and It's just kind of off the cuff. But no, there, there have been a lot of people, um, especially at the big league level, that have been a really big, big help. Um, with with kind of shaping my broadcasting career and helping me out in a big way. Um, Jake Eisenberg's one. He's with the Kansas City Royals. Jeff Levering's been a huge, huge help throughout my career. Uh, We met each other back when I was, oh gosh, it was his like final two years in Pawtucket before he joined the Brewers. So I was like, 13, maybe. Mm. And he's been, he's been a massive, massive help throughout my entire career. You know, he's been listening um, to tapes of minds. Um, he's, he's been listening for a long time. And, and some of those early tapes were not very good. I can tell you that much. Um, So him and I, him and I go back a long ways, which is, which is awesome. Same with Jake, him and I have known each other um, throughout my college years. And, and he's been terrific in, in helping me um, just kind of shape what I am on air and, and helping me get to a good place. Um, you know, Lev and, and Jake have been great in that regard of, of helping me kind of hone in, you know, the the basics and the fundamentals of it. Um, and then kind of leaning into, all right, like, here's how you tell a story. Here's how you do this. You know, here's how you want to kind of structure things in your mind so that it comes out in like a flowy, good way. It doesn't sound like a bunch of mumbo jumbo garbage. Um, which is really, really cool to kind of get into the nitty gritty, and they're both so good. I mean, Lev's Lev's incredibly good at his job. Um, Jake's in his first year in the big leagues this year with the Royals, um, and he graduated college in 2017 or 2018. He's like five years out of college. I think. Oh wow! So yeah, they're both they're both they have both been massive, massive helps, and it's so cool to see each of them grow too. You know, when I met um, when I met Lev, I met him in the the McCoy Stadium uh, visiting clubhouse. And now he's out here doing national games and and calling Brewers games. And that's, that's awesome to see.
2: I had him on, uh, you know, I got to meet him, you know, know him a little bit and he, he was like, yeah, Saturday, I can't, uh, I'm not doing the Brewers. I got, I got some other thing I got to do. His other thing I'm, I'm scrolling through. It's MLB on Fox. It's Cubs giants national or something. I got, I got some other thing to do. (laughs) No, I just got a national broadcast to do. That's a fun Um, other thing. (laughs)
1: It's like a good excuse. That's a good excuse. Like if you're going to have an excuse that you have, you can't make the Brewers game, doing the nationally televised game on Fox is an okay excuse.
2: My uh, I'm calling this the levering question because he's the first one I asked it to. I always, when I was going to have him on, because levering is the best, not to make this a now a levering commercial, but when the radio station went see you later, uh, he was one of the first to reach out. And I said, "All right, rain check. Whenever I get this pot off the ground." And the question I always wanted to ask him was, "What inning are you the best?" So he said he gets better as the game goes on. And the ninth inning is there? Like I, because I thought my answer is like the third or fourth inning when I suck in the beginning, especially if I'm walking into a Northwoods league. And now I've I've probably done a fr- like a total fraction of the games that you have. But right away, I'm like, duh, 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 who's this guy? Then I feel like I get into like, okay, I know what's going on. But then by the end, I'm trying to like spit out this fact and what he and, and it's it's a disaster. So where
1: are you the strongest in a game? Well, I think it depends because I'm with Lev because I actually watched I watched that episode of the podcast back because I, I I was just interested. What a guy! And I was just I was I wanted to see what happened. And his answer is is a good one because the ninth inning you always want to be your strongest because the ninth inning is when the biggest things happen. And that's think that's when I think I'm at my best as far as, like, the nuts and bolts stuff, because that's all you can focus on in the ninth inning because you don't want to get into, hey, like, we have a pitcher, Caleb Bowman, who pitched in Germany. You don't want to be talking about how he pitched in Germany in the ninth inning of a 2-2 game with two runners on. You just don't want to be talking about that. So I think as far as, like, the nuts and bolts of, like, all right, here's where we're going to dive into the situation, what's going on, I think it's a ninth inning. But I think as far as, like, the storytelling aspect of it, it's probably, like, the fourth or the fifth inning is when, Like you're able to dive deeper into those stories of who those guys are. And I love doing that as kind of digging in deeper to like who they are as like a person, kind of like they're like a fun story about them. Like we had Joe Gray Jr. this year in Biloxi, and he's a guy who had LASIK surgery going into last season. And the LASIK surgery didn't work, so we had to go out and get a, a, a corrective contact lens in the middle of the season. After he just couldn't hit a curveball, and he thought it was all mechanical. And it turns out, no, he just couldn't see out of one of his eyes. Um, so, like, that's fun to get into in the middle innings. But the late innings, you always want to be at your best as far as like the nuts and bolts stuff of like, hey, here's the situation, here's like what's at stake, and then just call it as it happens.
2: That happened to a Brewer ah it, was, it happened to somebody it happened to someone that was in milwaukee i can't think of it now maybe someone can help me tweet me or something but they were here and they were awful and then no one knew why and then they left somewhere and, and then the other team was like they're physical they're like oh yeah his eyes are messed up and, he, and then he was i forgot who it was
1: that, that, that but the joe gray jr story though convinced me that i am very okay with wearing contacts the rest of my life and i'm all out on getting <laughs> it. first off at least freaks me out to begin with because like the eyes being open while they're shooting lasers in there is just freaky enough so but that as well as the fact that like he paid all this money and it didn't work and like it half his jobs to see the baseball like that's that's an important part of what he does like that's just horrifying like that would be terrible like go down this deep dark rabbit hole of like yeah i'm just terrible and no you just Got LASIK, a surgery that you thought was going to correct your vision, and it just didn't. So I'm going to stay put with my contact lenses for the rest of my life. This is an advertisement for Northwoods League, Jeff Levering,
2: not LASIK surgery. There we go. Um, Obviously, you know you are a young man and your career is in front of you. Where's like outside of Yankee Stadium? Where would you where where do you aspire to call a game
1: someday? any major league ballpark American family field would be a lot of fun even the trap even the trap the trap thing the, the trap if I go to the trap I want to go to the Ray touch tank that's the important part of going to the trap I've been to
2: the trap as a fan it's it is a dump but it's a dump in a charming way I
1: actually actually like I mean, it that's important sometimes you need I I went to the trap once on a It's like a a field trip thing my freshman year of college but they it was the off season because it was January and the trap wasn't open um so I walked around the trap and peeked in it looks like a wild place it looks like a a wild wild place but like the traps one of those places where if you go like if you ever hear the trap during the playoffs and that's the same it's the same thing with the Rogers Center any of like these domed stadiums in the playoffs it's just an incredible atmosphere same with American Family Field like when you close the roof back when it was Miller Park when you close the roof yeah. and you get, you pack in like 50,000 people, it just creates an, an insane atmosphere. Cause all the noise just like hits off the roof and bounces back down. And like, it just creates an electric atmosphere, which that that's you know, the trap has that American family field does that. And it's a lot of fun too.
2: I like these old stadiums, like in being able to cover the brewers, just as a media guy for a while, I still get giddy about Wrigley uh, because the, it's the dirty secret, but the Cubs were the team I liked the most first growing up. Now, Brewers were in the American League. Cubs were in the National. Cubs were on TV every day. And then,
1: of course, nice, I hate nice the Cubs. Save, Nice save here. Yeah. yeah. You know, Brewers. Uh, half, yeah. Brewers.
2: But um, it, when I go to Wrigley, even like if I go to Lambeau, you know, as for – I know I'm – when I go to Wrigley, I feel like I'm stepping into a TV and going back in time. Cause it's so unchanged. And so that, that's always one that I liked is, is Wrigley. I haven't been out to Fenway. I'm assuming there's a similar quality there, but some of these older stadiums, like that's, that's where I would love to be in a booth for.
1: Yeah, no, I love Wrigley. Wrigley's awesome. I went there 2017, I think, but that's, that's a great place. I actually saw the Brewers play, play the Cubs there. Um, But that's, that's such a fun place to see a game. Like it's, it's just such a cool neighborhood And they have Chicago Dogs. And it's based for me, it's like baseball and food and movies are probably just a three baseball, food, music, baseball, food, movies are are a top three right there. So, Chicago Dogs, incredible. And just, it's just like getting curds in Wisconsin. Like, you just can't beat it. Oh, so what's your favorite baseball movie? Oh, so Little Big League growing up. So, we used to have like the movies you rent from the library growing up. And I think I rented, rented Little Big League like 50 times growing up. So it's that, and then Moneyball was like the non-kids movie. Then I just I love to death because I'm a nerd. Moneyball's the nerdiest baseball. I'm a little anti Sandlot, man. if I must say. It's good. I I enjoy Sandlot. I just think Little Big League is just
2: better. little. Like there should be little big. Like screw these Sandlot days at the park. Little big. You have you. Oh, yeah. for, for, there is for, a right for, answer to this question, and you got it right. <laughs> Little big league Bowers Bowers is one of my all-time favorite movie characters. The line that I would always quote is, uh, uh, when what's his name? I don't even know, but he goes, he goes, I got to go home and tell my wife <laughs> that I got cut, but it's okay because some kid likes my baseball card. He traded him for two way bogs and a Sammy Sosa. <laughs> I mean, that is an incredible trade.
1: <laughs> it's it, it's a great movie. The amount of great quotes in there are incredible. Also, fever pitch is not as bad as people think. Oh, I can't stand fever pitch. <laughs> no, I also grew up a diehard Yankees fan, so like fever pitch to me is everything that's yeah, yeah. wrong with movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Major league, what about major league? Major league's great. Major league's great. It's uh that's that's an all time great. Like that room are all-time great movies. Bull Durham is, I'm living the life of Bull Durham currently because that's the most accurate minor league baseball movie of all time. The ballpark's are a little nicer in 2023, though, than they were in the 80s in the Carolina League. But, no, it's, yeah, Bull Durham, Bull Durham's great. Yeah, Major League's really good. Major League Two's also pretty good. Major League Three, it takes a steep downturn, but Major League Two's pretty good as well. Major League
2: Three,
1: I paid
2: a, uh, doctor thousands of dollars to remove that <laughs> from my brain that it even exists they're making a major league three that's my reaction because i paid i don't want to
1: that's the good. that's a good reaction to have
2: hey uh thanks for the time man i you know think the world of what you're doing and think you're great
1: so keep it up
2: and Thank uh,
3: you.
1: can't wait to see where you go i appreciate it thanks for having me on it's been uh it's been a fun year and i'm, I'm just happy to be on the bart Winkler show
2: yeah, it's not a bar. It's the Bart Winkler show. The right. Bart Winkler show. Yeah, you did
1: it. Congrats to you. Career highlight.
2: Put that on your resume. <laughs> I'll, I'll
1: put it on the resume. Awards and accolades. Guest on the Bart Winkler show. Right there.
2: For a minute, I thought you were being sincere. and I know you're not, but thanks. <laughs> thanks,
1: man. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on.
2: Heavyplacehemp.com. Promo code is Bart. 25% off each and every order. Chris is here. Chris, for people that haven't tried yet, the gummies are other products cbd and all that what's what's a good way to get into it i know you guys have the sampler packs that are po- that are popular but
3: what's a good way to get into it maybe for that first initial order that's exactly it the sample pack is like the number one thing i recommend for people because uh, what i tell people all the time when they come in and say what should i get i have this blah 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 i have that i say just you gotta try stuff everyone's different everyone's unique what you like might not be what i like um so get the sampler pack. It's three gummies of each variety we make um, with a discount code with BART. It's like $30 to try all of our gummies. And that way you can see what you know works best for you.
2: What helps you sleep?
3: What gets you feeling good? Yeah, and there's different gummies for different times, right? I've got all of them in my house. Like Some days I feel like a Delta 9. Some days I feel like it's at nighttime I'm going to do a CBN, do a CBG during the day. Uh, maybe a THCO if I'm going camping, you know, (laughs) see what, see what you want to do. Or if it's a Wednesday, same
2: difference. (laughs) Happyplacehemp.com promo code is BART, 25% off every order. So even on that first one, you get to come back and use the code again, 25% off happyplacehemp.com. 25% off the promo code happyplacehemp.com. Promo code's BART. And you guys have been typing in BART in the search bar and using that promo code at omahasteaks.com. For a great Father's Day deal. Patty, you've done it again. Patty, not only is Patty a loyal listener to the show, but when I tell you you got a deal, Patty jumps on that deal. And then Patty, on her own, gives me some social media branding post. Patty, you are wonderful. You are wonderful. Let's hang. Um... I am going to play, to end the show, a very controversial take I have. Very controversial. This came up while we were talking. I, I don't even know. I mean, it's on the internet. It's on YouTube. We'll see. This is one of these interesting takes I have where the beta the beta version of me that you know, there's an alpha dog hanging in, in these bones. You know, there's, there's an alpha dog. He's trying to get out. But Beta Bart is squashing him down. He won't let him. And the alpha dog is trying to get out a little bit on Friday night. So Friday night, as I mentioned, we did a post-game show. If you are a Bart Winkler show completist, there is an episode. We end up going six boxes, a YouTube-only stream for Dan Shaney's eyes, Dan Shaney YouTube stream. But you can check that out. On YouTube, and we talk Nuggets. Evan Heffelfinger was there for a good chunk of it. Uh, Hot Take Jake jumped in. Tony in Texas. Matt in the Falls. The guys from Thurston 10. Tim Shea was in there for a while. We were live listening to Tim Allen's post game on the game. So we, we got all over the place, uh, and we had a good time. That is available on YouTube. The part that I'm going to play here, because I want more opinions on this, if I should continue rallying against this or not. Uh, this is from Friday's show. Again, you can catch the whole thing Friday. This is a Friday YouTube show. You catch it on YouTube. I think, I think we've lost our way a little bit with how 50, 50 raffles are intended to work with all due respect. I already regret this. I've stopped doing 50, 50 raffles at charity events because the expectation now is that you have to give the money you win to the event. Right. That's, that that sucks because like if I'm doing a fifty fifty and the prize is six hundred dollars, three hundred bucks went to the charity. But then somewhere along the line, one guy was like, "You know what? My three hundred, I'm gonna give it back to this charity." And everyone's like, oh. "And then no, people people bar. keep the money and they get booed." I paid. Who cares? To win. You're never gonna see those people again. I Dude. just, that, that like, you should be able to, you should be able, in this country, you should be able to win a 50-50 and have already done your donation and be able Fucking to walk kids. away with the prize. We might as well call it 100-0. That's what the, people want. I think the rule should be if you know the person that it's going to, then you have to give it back. If you, if you have no idea who the person is, then you just take it. As long as you
1: give the foul ball to the kid. That's, you know, whatever the money. It's yours, on but... this. I
2: mean, I, I, I really appreciate like it's a charity. And but you if it, it's 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 a design gambling contest. You're raising money because you're giving people the thought that they could win a little bit of money. And so you're raising money.
3: I knew you're this not guy lowering that, money. Uh... that's for sure.
2: But then you have to give it back. You don't have to. But that's the expectation now.
1: How many of these things are you at where you are like, be able to define this trend? Bro,
2: I'm like a professional MC. I see it all the time. For what? I did a thing earlier. Do they have one of the soccer games?
1: Ago. Huh? Do they have one of the soccer
2: games? They do, but it's not a charity. So the people profit.
3: Are you available for events? I am so wait the 50 50 like half of it goes to the team
2: yeah or their charitable funds just like the brewers the the half of that goes to the brewers community foundation and then you get the other half and at brewer games everyone's like hey i won fourteen thousand dollars at the but then if you go to like tommy's lemonade stand and he does a 50 50 you're like fuck i gotta give him my 50 bucks
1: it depends on the situation like i went to a or a subtle brag my band played a vigil for someone. What instrument do you play? Uh, guitar and bass. Nice. And um, they did a 50 50 raffle as part of it. Like a whole bunch of bars donated baskets and stuff, and people put money in. And both they did two 50 50 raffles, and both of the times the winner put the money back in. I get it in that situation where it's like benefits going to the family of like a tragedy. But I, but (laughs) don't have the 50 50.
2: It's just give us your money.
1: And at that point, like it was only like $300. Like, Like, I'm not trying to say like, and and you, or, or, or
2: it's very delicate. I just feel what I'm saying is it feels like, like, if you want to, if you're like, Hey, I just came. I thought I'd play. I didn't think I'd win. I won 300 bucks. You clearly need it more than me. Um, I'm so happy to just be a part of this and I can do a little more. That means the world to me. Uh, Here you go. But the expectation is you do that. That's what I'm fighting against. The expectation is you have to give it. If you want to give it, you should be able to give it. But if you don't, you should be able to keep it.
3: This is your biggest Larry David moment ever.
2: Well, because it's a slightly like it, it because Larry what I'm saying is what
3: right. I'm saying. If you get if you get
2: to the heart of what I'm saying, I'm saying take money away from kids who need it is what I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck them kids. And that is Monday's episode. We will be live tonight after Nuggets and Heat. Probably put a bow on the NBA finals, or the heat could surprise us. We'll see. I would love to heat though to win and then win again on Thursday. It'd be another show. And then win again on Sunday, that'd be another show. But then when I'm back on CBS sports radio next weekend, I can preview the game. My shift was okay. Hit and miss on Sunday. Uh, I did lose connection again. That was great. You know why I lost connection. My levels were too high. The guy said. And so when I talk loud, the system that we use to connect me to New York has a built-in feature That if somebody taught like if the machine thought it was being attacked because the levels were abnormal because I was like talking too loud (laughs) because my levels were so high. The microphone volume was too high. So I got knocked off the air. So that that that's how that's how most of the Sunday show went. But I would love for next Sunday to preview Heat Nuggets game seven. That would be that'd be fun. And I want this finals to continue. I, I don't want it to. I don't want it to. I don't know. Even though like I'm not particularly enjoying these finals, game 2 is fun. I just I want it to go as long as possible cuz I don't want either team to actually win. So if this could be like a best of 28 or 27 makes more sense, that'd be cool. Just play this thing out all summer. The twists and turns. Even if the Nuggets took like a 13 to 1 lead, I don't care. I just don't I don't want either of these teams to be officially crowned, so let it run out. I'm going to be making a visit to Carl's place in the coming weeks. Have some more hilarity to bring you from there. Carl of ET.com backslash Bart. He brings you our voicemail line. There is a voicemail that hot take Jake left me that I would play here about Chris Middleton, but I want the voicemail. So he's so anti Middleton staying here that I need to talk to him and talk it out and tell him why he should. If you remember last week, this was on Friday's audio show. I had a great idea that Chris Middleton should be a part-time player, but to pay him full-time. So that went over well. So check that out. 915-402-2278. Uh, I don't remember the voicemail number. It's on my Twitter. All right, we'll talk to you after Nuggets Heat.